Hi, everyone, and welcome to Oscar Wilde, a podcast about film, always counting down to this year's Oscars. I'm Sophia Simonello. And I'm Nick Rohrkraut. And today we have our 50th episode, which is absolutely wild that we've gotten to 50. And we're (laughs) celebrating by having an extravaganza, really, going through our Oscar nomination predictions before they get here on Monday. We have an exciting week ahead. We absolutely cannot wait for Monday's announcement of the Oscar nominations. And this entire week has been crazy. We'll be going over a little bit of what has been announced this week. And then ideally what our predictions will be for Monday. So far on Sunday, we have the Critics' Choice Awards, which may or may not play a huge role into what happens with the Oscars. But it definitely has some heads rolling. Monday, we got the Producers Guild of America nominations. Tuesday, we got the American Society of Cinematographer nominations, Directors Guild of America nominations, and the Cinema Eye Honors Awards, which are for documentaries. And then also we had the Wild BAFTA nominations. Mm -hmm. A lot happening. (laughs) On Wednesday, Oscar nomination voting ends. So tomorrow, as of recording on Thursday, We'll be getting the American Cinema Editors nominations. We've had all sorts of guilds announce their nominees for their individual awards, which are really interesting. So when we're going through our nominees today, we'll talk a lot about precursors. We'll talk about what guilds are doing, and that's what we're referring to. So all of these nominations that have come out beforehand, and we'll try our best to stress like which ones might be more important than others, mm-hmm. what usually can translate but I want to reiterate I think at the beginning that this is just such a weird year I feel and in the past I think common wisdom might yield the correct result right at the end and this year I just feel like when we get our Oscar nominations we will have some big surprises in store which is going to be nuts but I'm ready I'm very excited I think that with the BAFTA nominations when those came out it was fascinating to see a collection of nominees that Mm -hmm. they weren't just trying to be precursors for the Oscars like the Critics Choice Awards for example. And last year we had all four acting frontrunners win every single award I think through the entire award season Mm -hmm. which made things so much easier so we have that working against us this time where different actors different people for a lot of awards are winning at each Mm -hmm. ceremony but then also different people are being nominated so nothing is written in stone yet or probably not through this entire year so there's so much chaos but it is fun trying to predict different voting bodies and what they're going to choose and then ultimately the Oscars obviously yeah and I think like as frustrated as I can get when my predictions might be far off This is what makes award season actually fun. I can't tell you like how many times in the past I've complained about the acting categories in particular just being really boring, Mm -hmm. you know, crowning the same person over and over and over again. So this, I think, is our most exciting award ceremony in recent memory. I mean, last year, obviously, Parasite was so exciting and totally unprecedented. But this year, just the... Mm -hmm. sheer level of uncertainty that I have for nearly every category is so thrilling honestly makes me sound like a big nerd but it really is I think all of this cumulatively makes me love the spreading of the wealth even more and it's 
so messed mm-hmm. up that like when Chloe won director and picture at Critics Choice Day, I was like, I kind mm-hmm. of wanted two different things to win there, which is like, it's obviously an incredible movie. We talked about it on our last podcast and I love it so much. So uh-huh. like the fact that my mind is even working that way feels a little screwed up. <laughs> I mean, we still have the Oscars, and anything really is possible, especially with how mm-hmm. people vote for Best Picture at the Oscars. So we ask for a mailbag for questions, and one of our listeners shared that they like when we compare current movies or people in the race to movies or people mm-hmm. from previous years. So what I'm doing right now, I think, with especially with Best Picture, you know, Nomadland has been this front runner. <laughs> But comparing it to films in the past, like, could it be like a crash broke back situation? Could we be in for like a Birdman boyhood situation? We'll see. We'll get to that. We're getting ahead of ourselves going into Best Picture already. Let's sit back. Let's do animated feature. Yeah, I'll start here with Best Animated Feature. My predictions for Best Animated Feature are Bombay Rose. We're starting off on a strange note. (laughs) Yeah, we are. And we should note, too... Before we get to the rest of yours, we actually listed all of our nominations in alphabetical order, Mm -hmm. so not in order of preference or likelihood, um, just to keep things like a little more straightforward. So you're starting off with a big one. (laughs) (laughs) And this is how they're going to announce them on Monday, too. So Mm -hmm. I want to be like in order, ready with my list and saying like, okay, great. Or just Mm -hmm. like totally being shocked when they don't call something I expect. Yeah. So Bombay Rose, Onward, Over the Moon, Soul and Wolfwalkers. Okay, so I'm going to be the boring vanilla predictor here, and (laughs) I do not have Bombay Rose. I went with the PGA Golden Globe 5. I swapped out Bombay Rose for The Crudes A New Age. I think you're on to something, though, because I actually was thinking of swapping out Over the Moon for something else. Mm -hmm. Over the Moon has missed a lot of precursors. You know, it didn't show up at Annie's it was left off a lot of the Oscar long list. So we had originally counted on it as maybe being a song nomination. It wasn't there. So Mm -hmm. I'm curious if that will show up and maybe be replaced by something else. And sometimes in this category, we do get an oddball international pick. So is that Mm -hmm. kind of where your thinking got you to Bombay Rose? Yeah, definitely. And I haven't seen this. I haven't heard much about it, but I think along these lines, we could almost see Demon Slayer, which is the now number one Japanese box office film of all time. Mm-hmm. My picks, I guess, to replace were still like pretty standard. So I was thinking, you know, Shaun the Sheep, Farmageddon movie, or The Willoughby's even, if you swap out mm-hmm. Over the Moon for another Netflix feature. But I don't know. I just, I don't think we're going to get the PGA five, I'm just predicting them because I don't have one that I've locked in on being the replacement. And you guys will see throughout this episode, the categories where we take risks and the categories where we do not. And this is one where I'm not taking a risk. (laughs) Let's move on to our next category, best visual effects. I have the midnight sky, the one and only Ivan, soul, tenant, and welcome to Chechnya. I'm going to guess you might have some different ones. I mean, surprisingly, our only difference is the one and only Ivan, and I have Mank instead, 
which is still a pretty light nomination. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, I do not think of visual effects when I think of Mank. Yeah. But with the Visual Effects Society Awards, those nominations that compare with the Oscar shortlist, Midnight Sky had two nominations, Soul had five, and then Mank and Welcome to Chechnya were supporting effects instead of the lead visual effects, uh-huh. I guess, which went to Tenant. The Midnight Sky, Soul, and then also the one and only Ivan was up for CG character. And then Mulan and Bloodshed both got created environment nominations. Mm -hmm. So I think a lot of these could make up for that fifth spot. Mm -hmm. If it were Mank, that would be swapped out. I also don't want to put the Midnight Sky in here, but it's gotten a lot Mm -hmm. of attention with other awards ceremonies as well. Yeah. When I was building out my nominees, I did The Midnight Sky, Tenet, and Welcome to Chechnya first. Those were like my three that I thought, okay, I think these are, I'm pretty certain they're getting in. I think The Midnight Sky and Tenet are big and bold. They like action and space movies a lot of the time. Welcome to Chechnya. I followed my gut with the shortlist and how it was also, it was shortlisted here, even though it's a documentary, which is really cool. With Soul, I at first was really intrigued by its presence on the shortlist, and we talked about this on that episode, but I thought more about it after I read that article through VFX Voice that I talked about. They do a lot of really cool things in that film with visual effects, and it's very well known, I'm guessing, that that most of the voters have seen it, so this would be a really cool one to put here. The reason why I put the one and only Ivan over Mank which I did this about three hours ago, I will say, um, (laughs) is because I just followed my gut with what we were talking about with the shortlist. And they love talking animals. And this is that. And it was nominated for BAFTA yesterday. So I just felt like that was the boost of confidence that I needed to put it in my predictions. I don't necessarily think it's wise for me to leave Mank off, but... We've talked a lot about Fincher's use of special effects in his films. My favorite instance being the gummy bears in Gone Girl. But I don't think he's really doing anything that's that different necessarily in Mank. I love the animals at San Simeon and the fire and everything like that. But I don't know if voters will go for it besides it just being a best picture contender when the others aren't. Yeah. I mean, those are the two... Same things we keep mentioning when we mm-hmm. mention Manx visual effects. Yeah. There's nothing more that we say about it. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, exactly. I wouldn't be surprised if it's not here, but if it is, we have it. So moving on to best costume design. Again, we have another set of guild nominations that were announced through the Costume Design Guild. There are a lot of names here and a lot of crossover with the shortlist. Mm-hmm. So my nominees are Emma... Mank, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, Mulan, and The Personal History of David Copperfield, which only four of those relate to those Guild nominations. What about you? So we match four for five, and I also have an outlier nom that didn't match up with the Guilds. The only difference I have is instead of The Personal History of David Copperfield, I have News of the World mm-hmm. here. Okay. And... I guess it's not because it has like flashy out there costumes, but Mm -hmm. it is a, it's a period film. 
It's a Western. Mm -hmm. They like those. And Mark Bridges is the costume designer. He won for Phantom Thread. He was nominated for Joker. I didn't think the costumes were any big deal for Joker, but it was a period film that made it in. So I think this group just likes him. So I can see it maybe translating. Yeah, and with my inclusion of David Copperfield, I'm worried that I have too many period pieces in here. All five of mine are I have period pieces period in some too. way. Yeah. So <laughs> they usually go for some of them, but I feel like also wasn't Black Panther nominated? Yeah, Black Panther won, which was crazy. Okay, exactly. Yeah. So Ruth Carter. They do go for contemporary. You've mentioned Promising Young Woman before. So I think even that could happen. That would be cool. And that fits in really well with a claim that I'm going to make later about Promising Young Woman. So stay tuned for that. One thing I will flag. So I think Ammonite could be a potential spoiler. It was nominated at the BAFTAs for costume design. Michael O'Connor is the costume designer here. One of its only nominations, right? One of its only nominations. That thing just, it really just died on the vine. (laughs) And... The other one that I'll mention, we could, if you just look at the Guild nominations, Mm -hmm. we could possibly have a film that tops last year's breakthrough as the worst film to be nominated for an Oscar. I don't think it's going to happen, but as I was looking through the Guild nominees, I was like, oh no, Doolittle. (laughs) The costumes for Doolittle were designed by a two-time winner. Wow who last won for Mad Max Fury Road. So I don't think it'll happen, but I'm just saying we could possibly have a movie worse than Breakthrough to watch. It would force me to watch Doolittle, I guess. Yeah, I think I might actually leave it off. I might break my tradition of watching all of the nominated films. I think we're in the clear. Obviously, Mm -hmm. I can't be certain about that yet, but... Jingle Jangle has a few nominations on the shortlist, and through all of these guilds, it does have a nomination here. Mm-hmm. So I think of all the movies, if we were to see Jingle Jangle on these lists, it would show up over Doolittle. Please. <laughs> Which wasn't as bad of a movie, I would feel, as Doolittle mm-hmm. was. I can pretty much guarantee it. Okay, best makeup and hairstyling. So my predicted nominees are Birds of Prey, Hillbilly Elegy, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, Mank, and Pinocchio. Okay, well, we're five for five. (laughs) Makes me nervous. And with the makeup artists and hairstylists guild nominations, this is where I guess we both went five for five. So it's those five plus Jingle Jangle, again, Mm -hmm. which are nominated. Yeah, and then thinking about the shortlist, the only spoiler I could see happening would be the Glorias making Julianne Moore look like Gloria Steinem, you know, like more prosthetic work. But I don't feel confident enough about that. I also haven't seen the film, so it's harder for me to yeah. like go out on a limb and predict it. If I had to replace anything, too, I don't really even know what I would replace, especially since it wasn't nominated through the guilds. And there are only... 10 films here on the Oscar shortlist instead of 15 in other categories. And the, this is the only nomination for the Glorias, but also the Little Things is here, no. which I think we talked about last time. So, <laughs> not happening. 
I'm just going to say no <laughs> to that. So next up is best production design. My predicted nominees are The Father, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, Mank, News of the World, and Tenet. Okay. So we are four for five. And I think this might be a case where you went with a movie you love and I went with a movie I hated because instead of Tenet, <laughs> I have The Midnight Sky. Yeah. I'm just trying to limit the number of nominations I give that film. <laughs> I mean, that's totally fair. I went with it because it's a space movie. And spoiler alert, I only have Tenet getting in one category. I think it's okay. going to have a big miss. I think Mank is our safe front runner here. Mm-hmm. And I think the production design of News of the World is actually pretty cool. So I think that's going to get in. I'm rooting for the father to get in because I right, really yeah. like that production design. So I hope that it makes it in. And I think with spoilers, so I do think Tenet is possible. I'm afraid of Trial of the Chicago 7 getting in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I think it could. It got in with the guild. So I wouldn't be shocked. I also was really just kind of struck by the Rebecca nomination at BAFTAs because I was just like, I thought that movie was totally just gone and out of every conversation, but production design wasn't a juried award. So it is possible it had broad enough support to get into that category. So I'm not going to rule it out, but it is not in my five. I think another upset we could have here is Mulan that also got in with the Guild nomination. And going back to the visual effects where it was nominated for that environment, which I think compounds on the production design here. So next up, we have best sound. This year, just a reminder, we don't have sound editing and sound mixing. They've merged into one category, best sound, which makes this way trickier, I think, than before to see kind Mm -hmm. of like what they'll value and what they'll prioritize. But my predicted nominees are Greyhound, Soul, Sound of Metal, News of the World, and Nomadland. So we might have quite a few different here. (laughs) I was going to say, I think that's only two. Oh, man. (laughs) Two, almost three. So with the guilds, we have the Cinema Audio Society, which are the sound mixers, and the motion picture sound editors. With sound mixing, we had Greyhound, Mank, News of the World, Sound of Metal, and Trial of the Chicago 7. So that's three for you. And then with the editors, we had Cherry, Greyhound, (laughs) The Midnight Sky, News of the World, Sound of Metal, Tenet, Wonder Woman 84, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, Mank, Nomadland, and Trial of the Chicago 7. So we have a few crossovers here. And I think that's why I also put Greyhound on my list, Mm -hmm. which is kind of out of left field. I I agree. I was shocked it showed up anywhere on my list. So then I just put it down. I was like, okay, we're going for it. (laughs) (laughs) Along with that, my predictions are Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, Mank, Sound of Metal, and Tenet, which I think could be easily swapped for News of the World. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We have quite a few. so I don't know. <laughs> I don't know either. I was really tempted to put Mank down, but I'm worried I have recency bias from the BAFTAs um, since it mm-hmm. missed BAFTA. And I put down Soul because I just think that Soul is like yeah. unique work. And it's something that I think I'm kind of just like hope predicting gets in. 
So I put that there. The reason I put Nomadland in is kind of a dark, sad reason, but Chloe Zhao in her Best Director speech at the Critics' Choice Award mentioned that Michael Wolf Snyder, who did the sound for Nomadland, just died, like not very long ago at all. And I think that it's definitely possible with Nomadland being a front runner for Best Picture with Chloe's speech that just came out. Mm -hmm. Um, I think the sound in that movie is getting more attention on it maybe than it had before. So I wouldn't rule it out. Mm -hmm. That's why I put it in here. If you haven't heard her speech, I highly recommend listening to it. Mm -hmm. We can link it below in the pod description, but it was so touching. He's worked with her on other productions as well. Mm -hmm. And they had, I think, a five-person crew on the rider, which is Mm -hmm. just amazing. And what he did for that film and how to dress with Chloe, I think they had such a special bond. And that shows with the film and the sound in the film. So Mm -hmm. I could see that happening. My only worry with that is that the speech was on Sunday which was already three days into voting. Mm -hmm. And if a lot of people had already voted, they wouldn't have known. So I think it's possible. I'm going to have you bookmark that statement for another category later. Best supporting actor about voting and, you know, when things might have happened. The Critics' Choice Awards. (laughs) The other crossover here between the two sound guilds that we didn't have listed that maybe could also surprise is trial of the chicago seven i know i just (laughs) (laughs) compounds with editing i think it did do a really good job and i rewatched this last night oh you rewatched it yeah i did what was your experience it's two sittings (laughs) (laughs) it wasn't horrible but Mm -hmm. I think I enjoy trying to focus on these technical aspects Mm -hmm. instead of like just watching because I could like put aside the writing with how bad that was and (laughs) other elements which were good. We'll talk more about trial like we've said so many times. Okay. I remember the conversation around Tenet for so long just being about how horrible the sound was and I think that has more to do with the mix than with the editing but... I still just like I'm hesitant to put it in because that dominated the conversation for so long. And I'm like, I need to go with my gut here and just remember that I couldn't hear the film. Yeah. And I think by Monday, I'm probably going to swap it out. And that's why I said tie with news of the world, Mm -hmm. because that came back to me as well. Yeah. Of how many people I mean, we had Dark Knight Rises with the same conversation. Mm-hmm. And then it was like, oh, my God, people hated that they couldn't hear this. So, like, why would they nominate it for sound? Right. So I will probably swap this out. <laughs> <laughs> Next up is Best Original Song. My nominees, <laughs> which I also changed very recently. Fight For You, Husavik, EOC, Scene. Speak Now, and Turntables. I'm so torn on this category, and I'm going to end up changing my predictions probably, but I have the same five as you, except I ended up at the last minute swapping out Husevic for Never Break, which I don't know if that's wise or not. (laughs) I convinced you. (laughs) You did. I'm so annoyed. And I really only changed this because I did watch Eurovision this week. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm like getting through all these 
low tier <laughs> movies. And it was a great scene. The song is good. It kind of has the same vibe as Never Break. And I'm really now thinking of, okay, when they're promoting the Oscars, what is going to get them more viewership? Hmm. Is it going to be Will Ferrell and maybe Rachel McAdams like lip syncing to the song? Or is it John Legend? Or is it Charlie Puth from the one and only Ivan? I, I can't <laughs> like, with that. Like I'm not even entertaining the Charlie Puth conversation. <laughs> That's just, no, we're not doing that. I think we already have a winner here. It's just what is going to be nominated. And I I don't know about that fifth spot. Well, also, Husevic is actually in the movie. Like, it's not an end credits scene. You're right. Which is good. Like That's that, a rare case. Yeah. So I think that might benefit it, actually, as, like, being a case for why this category even needs to exist in the first place. So mm-hmm. I'm leaning towards switching. I think it's going to be a game time decision. I do want to yeah. point out that we don't have Hear My Voice from the Trial of the Chicago 7, which is another <laughs> possibility. Once I heard somebody else say it's a terrible song, I was like, well, yeah, I agree. I'm taking it out of my list. Like, yeah, it is really bad. It's really dull. And I know like a while ago when I first watched the movie, I predicted it because I was just thinking, okay, this is just an easy end credit song for yeah. people to vote for. But there really is just nothing to it. It's pretty dreadful. I mean, and another spoiler that I really hope doesn't happen is Wuhan flu. I Do you think this could happen? I mean, anything could happen, I guess, um, especially <laughs> after the Borat PGA nomination. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I think you get Husevic or you get Wuhan flu, and I would pick Husevic. I don't think you get both. Yeah, I agree. All right, so next up we have Best Original Score. Uh, all right, I have The Little Things, Mank, Minari, News of the World, and Soul. Okay. Uh, four for five, I swapped out The Little Things for Tenet. Of course you did. <laughs> <laughs> Which I think could be a big shocker if it does show up. Tenet or The Little Things? Both. Uh, either one. <laughs> <laughs> I meant Tenet, but... So, Tenet is the Ludwig Göransson score. Mm-hmm. He's already won. You know, they like him here. Mm-hmm. My thing is, and this sounds crazy, because like, I'm just thinking they won't like Tenet, because it just has... I feel like it almost has this scarlet letter on from the whole like Nolan theater conversation and... Warner Brothers has prioritized the little things over Tenet, which is why I'm going with the Hmm. Newman score. He's also a favorite in the branch and in the category. I've talked about his shocker passengers nomination. They are going out of their way to campaign this movie and specifically Mm -hmm. Thomas Newman. Yeah. So I'm just saying I wouldn't, I won't be surprised. And that's why I kind of went on a limb here and predicted it. Yeah, I could see a few spoilers here. I don't have like strong feelings about any of those fifth spots. Mm-hmm. I just am rooting for Tenet because mm-hmm. this is probably the strongest case for that movie besides the visual effects and maybe the production design. We have to note, too, that we're both missing the Midnight Sky, <laughs> which is a Desplat score, so it could happen. Yeah. But 
it doesn't really stand out compared to his other scores. Like I think about the other scores he's been nominated for and has won for, like The Shape of Water. Like that was really it should that one shouldn't have won, but it was still very unique. This one is just nothing nothing special to me. Yeah, he's got a lot under his belt. We both have Minari, but I don't know if that's necessarily like a shoe in either. Emil Mosseri has not been nominated before. I feel pretty confident about that one. Okay. It's just gotten a lot of press from its win the nominations. Mm-hmm. So next up, we have Best International Feature. I have Another Round, Collective, Night of the Kings, Two of Us, and Quo Vadis Aida. Okay, we're four for five. I took out Night of the Kings and replaced it with Dear Comrades. Okay. I just bought the Neon Six Film Bundle, mm-hmm. which has Dear Comrades in it. And then it also has Night of the Kings, Quo Vadis Aida. And then it also has a few other documentaries that I can mention later. So I have to get to Dear Comrades and Night of the Kings, and maybe I can have a better feeling between Dear Comrades and I of the Kings, I went with the one that I've seen more from Neon about, which was Dear Comrades. But mm-hmm. Night of the Kings, I think, you know, being from the Ivory Coast, it has a good narrative that people can get excited about. Uh, so mm-hmm. that's really cool. It's right on my bubble. I wouldn't be surprised okay. if it made it in. La Llorona, I have also just right outside of my five. I think that, you know, I never trust the Oscars to do anything with horror films as a horror movie fan, so I left it out. Yeah, it's gotten some attention, which when we talk to documentary, I'll bring this up again, but they go for more timely, more impactful films and themes, and I think it being a horror film, it does have a social commentary to it, but some of the other films are more documentary-like, which could help them. Mm -hmm. The three I have out front are Another Round Collective and Quo Vadis Aida, Mm-hmm. The other two, who knows? They really, I won't be surprised yeah. if they're swapped out, but I will be surprised if the other three miss. For sure. Okay, next, my favorite category to predict, best documentary. Mm-hmm. I have Boys State, Collective, My Octopus Teacher, 76 Days, and Welcome to Chechnya. So you are going for the time miss here. I'm doing As, it. Yeah. I'm scared. I don't want it to happen. Like It's my favorite documentary of the bunch, but I'm just worried that they snub the front runner so many times. I've also snubbed Dick Johnson is dead here, so, you know, that can mm-hmm. happen. And I, I'm wondering if it's, like, too much archival footage for them. Boy State I have here is the political one. I left out All In, even though that would give Stacey Abrams an Oscar, so keep an eye on that one. Instead of My Octopus Teacher, I have time in. But My Octopus Teacher was a PGA nom as well, right? Mm -hmm. What else was up there? It was also The Truffle Hunters, which I really want to see, but I didn't put in here because I don't know what Sony Pictures Classics is doing. (laughs) I really am like, when am I going to get to see The Truffle Hunters? And has anyone seen The Truffle Hunters? So the other... PGA noms for documentary were David Attenborough, A Life on Our Planet, Dick Johnson is Dead, My Octopus Teacher, Softy, A Thousand Cuts, Time, and The Truffle Hunters. And then with the Cinema Eye Honors winners that just happened, Collective won the big prize, which we both have. 
Dick Johnson is dead when directing. Welcome to Chechnya won production and quote best broadcast film, which I don't understand what that means. Time won for editing and best debut. The Truffle Hunters won for cinematography. The Mole Agent won for score. Boy State won audience choice. And then in the non-competitive category for the Unforgettables, there were eight from the shortlist. So again, I think there's a lot that can happen. Even 76 days, I think, is a stretch here. But I'm going for timely, impactful Mm -hmm. themes. And that is the one that sticks out to me. Mm -hmm. Time does as well, which is why I put that over My Octopus Teacher or Dick Johnson is Dead. I think 76 Days will get in being the COVID documentary. It just feels Mm -hmm. like it's been what we've been living through and people will vote for it. I put in my octopus teacher instead of time just because this to me would just be like the academy. Like, what are you doing? Move. And we have to have some of those here. And documentary is always a category where it happens. My octopus teacher is, I think, a really inventive documentary that I was not sold on. Everyone who's been listening knows this. I did not watch it for a long time and was really moved by it. And I feel that not all the documentaries that they pick will be political and timely. And they Mm -hmm. will pick one about a man and an animal. Well, with animal documentaries, I would really love to see them put Gunda over my octopus teacher in a way. Maybe they will. It is touching, and I almost cried. Oh, you've seen it. Okay, I haven't watched interesting. it yet. I just watched it last night. It's fascinating what they do. And the fact that they're so close to these animals and they're in their natural habitat, it's amazing to watch. And the black and white is stunning. Okay, maybe I'm going to switch my prediction. <laughs> but it hasn't been mentioned anywhere else, so I don't think it's likely... But if we're going to talk about animal documentaries, (laughs) it's worth discussing. I mean, Joaquin and PTA love it, so... Joaquin's an EP on it, which is nuts. Hmm. I don't know. Well, we'll put that on the back burner. Also, (laughs) something to keep in mind, Crip Camp, again, I'll say it again, has the Obamas, Mm -hmm. Critics' Choice, lots of other things. So don't forget about it. I have it on the outside, but it could also happen. Okay, for best cinematography, my predictions are Judas and the Black Messiah, Mank, Minari, News of the World, and Nomadland. Okay, so we're three for five here. Um, I went a little closer to the guild, so instead I don't have Minari, and I don't have Judas and the Black Messiah, I have The Trial of Chicago 7. I'm sorry. That's one that I'm like, I don't I don't know. But my crazy, crazy nomination that I'm going for is Dear Comrades. Have you seen what this movie looks like? Have you watched it yet? No, and I this is one I'm trying to go blind in, but Okay. It's another black and white film, right? It's black and white. And it just kind of fits into that narrative of like when Ida and Cold War got nominated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I feel okay. like these feel like so safe that I was like, I have to put something in that's different. And it is really, really beautiful. 
So I, w- I could see it getting in, mm. especially maybe getting attention in other categories. Neon runs good campaigns. I put Chicago 7 in here because it got the ASC nomination. This was my switch from Minari, which made me really sad. But Minari, that cinematographer, Lachlan Milne, he hasn't been celebrated previously. He's a newcomer. And Papa Michael, the guy who shot Trial of Chicago 7, is a veteran. So I went with a veteran. And Cherry is nominated. It's the first time we've seen it come through. Sorry, Tom Holland, but... Uh, So the Cherry nomination is distressing because the cinematographer of Cherry was nominated for Cherry instead of The Five Bloods, which he also shot. Which is wow, a bombshell. Like I don't, I don't understand how that happened. It is well shot, but better than Five Bloods*. I haven't seen *Cherry*. I think it packs a little bit more of a punch, and they do more with the camera, I guess. But ugh, I don't know. Yeah, just another Five Bloods* snub that is sad to see. It's getting snubbed everywhere. So let's talk about your two differences from mine. So *Judas* and *Minari*. Mm-hmm. I mean, we know Minari is stunning to watch. Judas had this retro look to it, which Mm -hmm. I think could help it. But I kind of just went based on feeling for these. Mm -hmm. This is one you mentioned Ida and Cold War. You know, they usually do throw an oddball in here. But this is also one of those predictors for best picture. And I Mm -hmm. think... Here, again, we probably have a winner with Nomadland already and Joshua James Richard, who we've mentioned before. But just having these Cinematographer Guild nominations come out, I don't know. It's tough. I mean, in speaking about Gunda, it was Mm -hmm. nominated for documentary as well Mm -hmm. for a cinematography documentary. So Yeah, that's where I pulled Dear Comrades from. So it also got the ASC mm-hmm. nomination just in the different category. But Gunda yeah. is really beautiful. Like just the stills from it. So that's a that could happen. Yeah. I also just want to point out that Lucas Zal shot I'm Thinking of Ending Things. Both of his previous ones were black and white. But I was going to say this is kind of different for him. Yeah. I won't count on it, but I won't be surprised. Mm-hmm. Next up, we have Best Editing. I have, for my predictions, The Father, Nomadland, Promising Young Woman, Sound of Metal, and The Trial of the Chicago 7. Okay. Another four for five. I have Judas and the Black Messiah instead of Promising Young Woman. So this is the guild where we're going in blind. So, well, really Mm -hmm. the voters are going in blind because... Voting for the Oscars closes before the right. ACE awards are announced. And we get these tomorrow mm-hmm. as of recording. So the big talk so far has been Sound of Metal and Trial of the Chicago 7, which is also the sound conversation. Mm-hmm. And I think it's close. I think if Trial wins anywhere, it could be here because it is really flashy. Mm-hmm. I'm rooting for the father, but I think this might be lower on the list. Again, this is another category that is a good technical predictor for picture or director. Mm -hmm. And that's why I have Nomadland in here. So I, you're going to hate this so much, but (laughs) to me, if we're comparing Promising Young Woman to a movie this year, it's Joker. 
and not just because of the content and not just because some people on Twitter have been calling it white woman Joker, but oh my God. with its nomination potential, I think that, you know, a lot of people wrote it off at the beginning and maybe thought it's not going to be a big deal. Is a group of fervent supporters, a big fan base that is very vocal. Mm-hmm. But also it has really like flashy, snappy editing that I think this branch likes. So we've seen before, like they, I mean, Bohemian Rhapsody won. They don't love subtle editing. I think they would like the episodic structure, Promising Young Woman. I have it in and I have it being an indicator that it's strong. This category usually really screws me over with nominations. I don't usually do well on editing. <laughs> so, like last year, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood missed. Like, sometimes films that we think that they'll like, pointing out here we both have Mank missing. Yeah, this is a hard one to predict, but yours all equate with the BAFTA editing nominees. Oh, I don't think I realized that I did that. <laughs> I mean, I think I knew that they had that precursor, but I didn't realize it was five for five. And I don't really know how Judas is going to play with the Mm -hmm. Academy. I know. It could either be pretty snubbed, except for Kaluuya, or it could get a Best Picture nomination and be nominated for a lot of technical awards. Mm -hmm. This is one of those wild cards that I'm just betting on, I guess, in a way. Yeah. But I'm not set in stone on these five yeah i'm scared i think that i won't be shocked if mink gets in i kind of went rogue and snubbed it but Mm -hmm. i mean it is kirk baxter he's really well respected in the field and the film is well edited maybe they'll have issues with pacing or confusion with the jumping timelines but i think that we can't count him out i just decided to snub based on the logic that they do snub best picture contenders often here i left it out because of the horrible typewriting of the setting i don't think that's horrible but we don't need to do that now okay we'll leave that there as the lone mank (laughs) defender next up is best adapted screenplay so between the wga noms i only have two that cross over those nominations were borat subsequent movie film Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, News of the World, One Night in Miami, and The White Tiger. And then my predictions are The Father, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, Nomadland, One Night in Miami, and I'm Thinking of Ending Things, which here we go again. (laughs) Oh, you did it. (sighs) Fighting till the end. I'm four for five. So I don't, I'm thinking of ending things. I have Borat, subsequent movie film. I think Mm -hmm. it just, I mean... We'll talk about supporting actress later, but the PGA nomination, WGA nomination, I just threw it in here. But I won't be surprised if I'm thinking of anything somehow gets in. Yeah. Even though it missed USC Scripter, WGA, everything pretty much. Critics' yeah. choice. I mean, it's basically died, and I'm not maybe expecting it to show up here, but. Borat is an interesting choice because it's mm-hmm. based on the original film. Yeah. And which is why I chose The Father here, even though it wasn't nominated for the WGA. Mm-hmm. I picked The Father here, too. It wasn't eligible at the WGA, so... Oh, okay. I wanted to put that in here. 
people who are going to listen to this might like shout into the void because I know there's a movie like recently within like the past five years, maybe where it missed all the precursors and then got a screenplay nomination. And it would have been similar to I'm thinking of ending things like by a Mm well-known screenwriter. It's going to bother me. Do you know what I'm talking about? No. Okay. We'll come back to it. I'll, you know, I'll maybe think of it by the time we end recording. Okay. So best original screenplay. My predicted nominees are Judas and the Black Messiah, Mank, Minari, Promising Young Woman, and The Trial of the Chicago 7. We're four for five again. Okay. I have Sound of Metal instead of Judas and the Black Messiah. Okay. The WGA noms here were Judas and the Black Messiah, Palm Springs, Promising Young Woman, Sound of Metal, and The Trial of the Chicago 7. Hmm. I wish Palm Springs had a chance. Me too. Oh my God. First Reformed. That's what I was thinking of. Oh, okay. Paul Schrader got in at Oscar and he missed WGA. That's hmm. what it is. Okay, we're good. Let's back to original screenplay. Was Mank not eligible for WGA too? Correct. Yeah, Mank okay. was not eligible. And we both have Minari. Minari wasn't eligible either. Okay. So that doesn't help things. Yeah. What led you to pick Sound of Metal over Judas? They are both nominated, but I don't know. I guess this could be a swap here. I think the story it's telling has been pretty lauded through Mm -hmm. the awards conversation. I think this is another film that could see a lot of technical nominations Mm -hmm. and I could see it being here as well. Yeah. I think this is tough. I like the sound of metal script better than Judas, but Mm -hmm. mine was purely based on the FYC ads that I've seen for Judas, which are like specifically about the script in some cases so maybe okay. the ads just worked on me, <laughs> so I put it in here. But I won't be surprised if Sound of Metal shows up here instead. I might end up switching my prediction from that, but that's what I went with at this point. Okay. Best Supporting Actor. Oh, boy. Um, <laughs> my predicted nominees are Sasha Baron Cohen, Daniel Kaluuya, and you convinced me to put Alan Kim here. Oh, I don't know if it was smart or not. We'll talk about it. <laughs> Which I could easily swap with Mark Rylance. Okay. And then Leslie Odom Jr. and Paul Racy. Okay. This category is going to like turn my hair gray. We are five for five. <laughs> um so I guess. I have a question for myself, which is, why am I doing this now with Paul Racy? I have been, like, so firm and so right all along (laughs) that he's going to get snubbed everywhere. And he has, with the exception of BAFTA, which was juried, which is so different than, you know, big body voting. But I do have him here. (laughs) I guess I think the love for the film might carry him in, and I'm kind of hope predicting that he is maybe, like, a Leslie Manville or someone like that who pretty much just shows up at BAFTA and gets in. And Mm -hmm. if Sound of Metal ends up having a better morning than we thought, I'm really worried though that Alan Kim, I'm predicting him based on a feeling, but part of me wants to put Jared Leto in instead. I think that's smart 
because of the same reason I talked about before of Alan Kim's adorable, adorable speech Mm -hmm. on Sunday was incredible. That was at the Critics' Choice Awards. And then his BAFTA nomination all came this week. Mm -hmm. And again, Oscar voting was already day three by the time that happened. And I don't know if it's enough to carry him in with an Oscar nomination. I know. And Jared Leto's rise after SAG, after Golden Globes, that all came before and could push him here better. I might do it. I think I will end up going with Jared Leto over Alan Kim. But that's also because I would rather be surprised and happy when Alan Kim gets in than disappointed Mm -hmm. when I predict Alan Kim and it's Jared Leto against my better judgment. I just don't know if the double Chadwick Boseman nomination, I don't know how likely that is because I think he could be here. And we don't see Alan or Jared Leto, or we see Jared and Chadwick and not Paul Racy. I think what's hard is that the Five Bloods isn't getting love anywhere. And mm-hmm. because of that, I just, I think I'm getting kind of frustrated if like the only place they give it an award is Chadwick for a supporting role that I don't think is the best supporting role in the film. I would yeah. give it to Clark Peters or Jonathan Majors. And... Mm-hmm. It would just make me sad if that's the only place it ends up getting a nomination. I agree. That's kind of why I left it out here. Me too. But I can, I mean, it could happen. I also think the trial of the Chicago 7 guys really scare me because I think that if BAFTA wasn't the way that it was this year, I think we would have had multiple guys in there. Mm-hmm. Because since it was juried, it was very different. And we got this, you know diverse array of nominees but I'm wondering if they're just kind of waiting in the wings one of them to get nominated and someone else is going to be out this category is very fluid it's I think we have a clear front runner but other than that I mean Sasha I agree I think Leslie is if not in pretty close as well Mm -hmm. I agree and then David Strathairn just again putting him on everyone's radar if they love Nomadland Mm -hmm. I can see that happening Oh my gosh, the Alan Kim Jared Leto thing is really just I mean, I guess I could put them both in and get rid of Paul Racy, but that doesn't seem smart. I really can't wait for Monday to be over. I know. <laughs> no, you know what? I'm putting Jared Leto in. He has more precursors than Paul Racy. Yeah. I'm going with statistic. You're putting Jared and Paul in. Yes. Okay. But maybe I'll leave Paul out come <laughs> Sunday night. We'll see. Okay. So next up, we have Best Supporting Actress. Oh, my goodness. Okay. I have Maria Bakalova, Olivia Coleman, Glenn Close, Jodie Foster, and Yunya Jung. We are four for five. I have Amanda Seyfried instead of Jodie Foster. Okay. Which is a brave move, honestly. I hope you're right. Like, I hope she, I want her to get in really badly. I just, the yeah. SAG miss scares me, which Jody wasn't yeah. in SAG either, but she won the globe and is a veteran with two Oscars. Mm-hmm. The Mauritanian also, like I didn't love the Mauritanian, but it did really well at the BAFTAs. 
just like across the board and below the line categories. And um, she's been campaigning a lot. The one thing about the Mauritanian is that it had a Scottish director, which I think really helped it at the BAFTAs. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of why I'm counting that less. I know Jody won at the Globes. Mm -hmm. Jody is my Kathy Bates. For Richard Jewell, which is why I have her in. And Kathy didn't even win the Globe, but... I think that's fair. I don't know if I have a Kathy Bates on mine. I mean, Maria won the Critics' Choice. I'm kind of confused by the naysayers of Maria at this point. As someone who used to be one, because she was nominated for a Globe, SAG, Critics' Choice, which she won, and made it through the juried system at BAFTA. If she didn't get nominated for an Oscar, I think it would be shocking. I mean, it's like not a normal year, but I don't know. Yes, it's a comedy, but Melissa McCarthy got in. I, and she had way less precursors. It's another one I'm going to have to rewatch. So stay tuned. So I just rewatch the best picture nominees. I don't rewatch like all of them. (laughs) Okay. For best actor, I have Riz Ahmed, Chadwick Boseman, Anthony Hopkins, Delroy Lindo, and Steven Yeun. Whoa. I am four for five. I do not have Delroy Lindo. I have Gary Oldman. Yeah. What made you do it? (laughs) This is just my heart voting. I really want Delroy to get in. I know Gary's loved his final shot in the movie is him with an Oscar. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. I think it's, you know, it's really likely that it could happen and he's gotten in almost everywhere else, I think. Yeah. So Delroy is just like a shot in the dark, just hoping. I wish I want it out. If it happens, I will be so excited. I mean, this was my earliest best actor, like favorite performance of the year for so long that. Yeah. (sighs) I'm tired of being let down when he doesn't show up. So I'm mm-hmm. not putting him in and I will just be thrilled if he somehow finds his way in. But, you know, not winning Critics' Choice, that would have been a good boost. And missing everywhere else, it just feels kind of inevitable that he's out yeah. to me. But again, it's a weird year, so it could happen. And I feel like Netflix has pushed Gary more than Delroy. Mm-hmm. Do you feel the same? I can't with Netflix's strategy. I just (laughs) not pushing to five bloods is just so weird to me at this point. It's just kind of like, why are you putting your weight like 50, 50 on Mank and Chicago seven, which combined might come away with two Oscars. Yeah. I have a lot of questions for them, but at this point I'm just going to go with my five that I have. I will say, watch out for Tahar Rahim for the Mauritanian Mm -hmm. could see it happening. My suspicion is he's more of a Taron Edgerton type of nominee. Yeah. Yeah. And he won't make it in. Also, Mads Mikkelsen. People are talking about him for another round, but I think that might have happened at Globes instead, and it didn't. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I could see that happening. Do you think that Steven is vulnerable? Because I know you have Gary being the vulnerable one of the five that we've seen. You know, Gary's likely getting in. I think Steven is more in danger than he is. But I don't think they would put Gary Delroy and snub Steven. All right. 
Best Actress. Didn't really take many chances here. This is a locked and loaded one for me. Viola Davis, Andre Day, Vanessa Kirby, Frances McDormand, and Carrie Mulligan. Five for five. Yep. That makes me nervous. Um, who do you think is most vulnerable here? Or who has the best chance of missing? I would have to say Andre Day, but with her Golden Globe, I think that really skyrocketed her. Mm-hmm. So maybe it's Vanessa Kirby? I don't know. I think it might be Viola. Could be. I don't know. I feel like we're going to be five for five. I. This is tough. Who would take over that snub spot? In my dreams, Yuri Han. If they love Minari that much. Yeah. But they also have a terrible past of nominating Asian actors. So I'm not going to count on it, but I would, I would love it. Mm-hmm. I also think, like, I mean, she hasn't gotten in anywhere besides the AARP Movies for Grownups win, but Sophia Loren. Yeah. <laughs> she has that documentary about her shortlisted. I don't think it's happening, but who knows? Okay, for Best Director, the DGA noms were Lee Isaac Chung, Emerald Fennell, David Fincher, Aaron Sorkin, and Chloe Zhao. And then for First Time Feature... Three of the five that I feel like could maybe have a chance here were Regina King, Darius Martyr, and Florian Zeller. My predictions are Lee Isaac Chung, David Fincher, Regina King, Aaron Sorkin, and Chloe Zhao. Oh no. This is Ooh. this is gonna be on the a nail biter too. Um I went with the DGA five here. Okay. So we're four for five. So I have Emerald Fennell getting in. I guess, to me, I think Aaron Sorkin is the most in danger in this group, but you think Emerald Mm -hmm. Fennell? Is that just, are you just worried that your favorite movie of the year will underperform and you don't want to have hope in it? (laughs) I think we're going to have two women get in here. I know they have a problem with that in the past, and that's, I guess, what kind of worries me. I just don't know if they're going to go for Regina or Emerald. And honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if maybe they snub either of them for either Darius Martyr or Florian Zeller in like a wild choice. I don't know. Yeah. For me, and maybe this is, again, being hopeful, Aaron Sorkin to me reminds me a lot of Martin McDonough. I've compared The Trial of the Chicago 7 to Three Billboards ad nauseum, and Mm -hmm. I just feel like this is a place where, you know, he meets the precursors, he gets DGA, and then doesn't show up at the Oscars. The problem is that usually when that happens, it's in favor of someone who is more of an auteur. So someone like Paul Thomas Anderson showing up. Okay. Yeah. Not two first timers. Right. We don't really have that option, which is why I'm a little worried. We don't have like a veteran, but Florian Zeller would be my alternate. I think here Darius Martyr. I'm so torn on what to do with sound of metal. I think, you know, at the beginning of the season, I was like, there's no way Promising Young Woman is getting in. There's no way Mm -hmm. Emerald is going to... She Mm -hmm. wasn't even in my head as a possibility just in thinking how the Academy would vote. But here she is getting a nomination at DGA, and the film has done really well with Mm -hmm. critics. I mean, it's gotten in a lot of places with nominations, too. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, ideal five would, yeah, be Sorkin being snubbed and put Emerald and Regina in there. (laughs) I just worry, I guess, about Regina missing DGA. I mean, she got in for first time, but 
Yeah, I don't understand that. I need to hear the transcript of what happened. Me too. Okay, so on to the big one, our last category, Best Picture. My predicted nominees are The Father, Judas and the Black Messiah, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, Mank, Minari, Nomadland, One Night in Miami, Promising Young Woman, and The Trial of the Chicago 7. Nine for nine. (laughs) We did it. (laughs) Oh my God, we did it. Wow. (laughs) Thinking of order a little bit, my top five predictions are in no order. Mank, Minari, Nomadland, Promising Young Woman, Trial of the Chicago 7. If I ranked them, that's where I would be for those. I think they have the strongest chance of getting in. Again, I'm hesitant about Promising Young Woman. That's lower on my list, but... Definitely make Minari No Man Land trial for sure. And probably Ma Rainey's. I think that's almost a lock too. Yeah, that was my next one. I feel like it could have just as good of a warning, mm-hmm. maybe even better with technical awards yeah. compared to Mank. I think we talk a lot about like Mank is going to have so many nominations, but Ma Rainey is kind of quietly coming in, I think, with a lot of nominations. Yeah. We can expect that. I well. think gotten a nomination at almost every guild if not all of them and that's huge Mm -hmm. that just shows so much widespread support for it so you don't have to necessarily count Mm -hmm. on okay the actors are going to get this one in so i think my top five i would switch promising young woman for ma rainey's and then i Mm -hmm. put the father in i know that like we've been talking about the father like maybe missing certain places but it got Golden Globe. It got BAFTA. Which means that old white people love this movie. <laughs> I had to five bloods in here for the longest time, and I did take it out. I think it's close, but I do have mm-hmm. Sound of Metal probably getting in before that. I do, too. I had the same same situation. For the longest time, I thought to myself, like, okay, a voter looking at their ballot, there's no way... They're not going to vote for the five bloods. But the more I started thinking about it and just the way that people vote for best picture nominees, you only vote for five Mm -hmm. films. And there's this crazy process that takes place with a lot of complicated math to get to those numbers of what will be nominated for best picture. And I just couldn't see it in that way. And sound of metal, I think has more promise considering how many other categories Mm -hmm. we have it in or considering it in, but I still have it on the outside. The one that I'm starting to feel really weird about is One Night in Miami. And that's because I originally considered it just a lock, Mm -hmm. a crowd pleaser, an easy one to vote for, but we barely talked about it today compared to the other ones on this list. Well, if Regina doesn't get in, she's not on your list... I think it would be likely that that doesn't get in picture, too. So we both have nine getting into picture. I think it's likely mm-hmm. that if One Night doesn't get in, then Sound could get in. So I don't think 10 is likely, but I'm not sure they're going to go super low either. I've been stuck on eight. I think eight or nine could happen, but I don't see it going as low as seven. I don't either. I'm honestly stuck on eight 
I could I have Judas on my list right now, but I could see that mm-hmm. missing also. But for Judas and One Night in Miami to miss, I don't think is likely. The One Night in Miami potential miss is also just like me looking for something to do, I think, sometimes. So I'll probably leave it on my predictions. But right now it is at when in my ranked order, it is number eight. I guess I think I would have it at eight as well. I would put Promising above it, oddly, and maybe even Judas. The thing about Judas is that it's mm-hmm. building momentum, I think. Like coming off of BAFTAs, it has a clear supporting actor front runner. And it is, I think, benefiting from having Daniel Kaluuya be kind of the champion for mm-hmm. the face of that movie. He's so charismatic. Yeah. And his back-to-back wins at Golden Globes and Critics, I think, has definitely helped with that momentum. So I'm excited to see how many of these we get. And I'm very excited for next year when we can just land on 10. And we know it'll be 10. Okay, we did it. And now all we have to wait for is Monday. They're super early. Yeah, they're always at like around 8 a.m. ET, but they're usually like 8.13 or something like that. They start and you're like, oh my God, can't wait. Yeah, thank you for listening. Stay safe and wear your masks. Thanks everyone for listening. Stay safe and wear your masks. We'll see you next time.